Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I know just comes up for all of us throughout our lives, but maybe especially at this time of year, and that is the question of how to know God's plan or how to figure out how how to get guidance and figure out what you should do in regards to decisions. And this can be big decisions like where should I teach next year? You know, should I get a new job? Should I keep teaching, etc. Or these things also apply to everyday decisions. Decisions like my coworker's been rude to me. How should I handle that? Or what should I do about this student um, who's having a tr- struggle, you know, struggling with this area, or things like that? So, um, I just want to say right off the bat, this definitely applies for huge, big decisions. But I think the more that we learn to seek God's guidance on, quote unquote, smaller or everyday decisions, the more we will be led by the Spirit, and the more effective we will be. So. Basically, the way we're going to arrange this episode is I'm going to first talk about a key uh, key concept, and then I'm going to share um, four tests that I read in a book called A Christian Secret of a Happy Life, and I'll share all about that. And then I've talked with one of my friends about this, and she gave three pieces of advice. And then finally, I'm going to share three pieces of advice from my own experience. So we're going to kind of arrange it in that way. So to begin... In order, if we are seeking God's guidance, if we want to know God's will or God's plan in regards to decisions big and small, there is a prerequisite that we have got to take care of first, and that is that we have to surrender our desires, our plan, our will to God. So, and this takes a lot of honesty. So sometimes, let's take, for example, if we're trying to decide you know, should I be at this school next year? Should I seek a new position? Often there's something that we kind of want, right? And sometimes sometimes we don't. Sometimes we we really just don't know what to do, but sometimes there's this underlying desire, man, I really want out. You know, I want something different or I want to stay or there's something that we, there's there's a desire that we have and those desires aren't wrong, but If we really want to know God's will, we must first surrender it to him and really decide that we want what he wants more than we want what we want. So even if we kind of have our, if we have our heart set on something, we have to get to the point and it's a decision of our will, not of our emotions, but we have to honestly decide, God, I'm okay with whatever, whatever the decision is, I'm okay with it. If you want me to stay here, I'm okay with that. If you want me somewhere else, I'm okay with that. I really, really want what you want more than what I have planned in my mind. And that is such an important key step because how can God guide us if we already have in our mind what we want? And Because we won't really be looking for his answer. We'll just be looking for validation for what we already want to do. And if we're looking for validation for what we want to do, we'll probably find it, you know, because we'll be looking for it and we'll pick it out, you know, and we'll ignore all the warning signs or all the direction elsewhere. Um, but if we're truly surrendered to what God wants, then he can speak and we will be listening and honestly looking for it. So that is 
That is key. You have to start there. And if you're struggling with that, if you're saying, man, but I really want this, keep in mind, I I mentioned this before, this is a decision of the will, not of the emotions. And I love the example that Jesus gives us in the garden when he says, Father, if it is possible, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. And I love that because he he shows his humanity in that he he asks for what he wants. So in other words, he you know, he prays, God, I would really love to be in a school, you know, putting it in our terms, I would love to be in a school where, you know, I can teach and where I have supportive administration, but I want what you want more than I want that. And I think that's the key. I think it's right to pray, pray about our desires, but to always submit them to God's plan in acknowledgement that his plan is better than ours and he can see more than we can see and that he is he he always knows what's best. So um, like we gotta gotta start there. So number one, before we do anything, we have to surrender our will to him. Okay, so what do we do at this point? I've surrendered. I I really do. I've chosen to want what he wants despite my feelings. Now what? Um, So we're going to start by talking about four tests that help us to discern God's will or God's plan or the direction that he wants us to take. And these are taken from the book, A Christian Seeker of a Happy Life by Hannah Whitel-Smith. And they're also, um, since I've actually taken this book and rearranged it and reorganized it. It's a classic work, and we've reorganized it into our Teach Uplifted Devotion. So you can find these in both of those books, and I'll link to um, link to that in the notes for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash guidance if you want to check out the whole thing. But here are the four tests that Hannah talks about in her book, and I think they're super helpful. So she says, All four of these tests must agree. So if you have, you know, two for four, no good. Three for four, no good. It's got to be four for four. And um, the key is that God is not going to be speaking in contradictions. If God is, especially on big decisions, these all need to agree um, before you move forward. And the first test is the most important. The first test is the test of Scripture. What does Scripture say about this question? This is the only one we can absolutely be sure of. The other three, I'll share them briefly, are providential circumstances, our own convictions or higher judgment, and the inward impressions of the Holy Spirit. Those other three can be misleading. We can misunderstand those. We'll talk about that in a minute. But scripture is sure. Scripture is written. And God will never ask us, God will never lead us to do something that is contradictory to scripture. So we have to start there. And the interesting thing is that not all our decisions, but we'd be surprised how many decisions the answer is already in the Bible. And we don't need to be looking for anything beyond that. Listen to this quote from Hannah. She says, no special guidance will ever be given about a point on which the scriptures are clear, nor could any guidance ever contradict the scriptures. I think this is particularly helpful in some of our everyday struggles or everyday decisions. You know, sometimes we think, you know, man, you know, this person was so rude to me. Like, should I, should I give them grace or should I go, you know, should I go, um, you know, confront them? And, and we realize when we think about it, we're like, wait a second, the Bible already speaks to this. The Bible talks about how to confront someone that's offended us in Matthew 18. You know, it, it, it talks about, you know, giving grace and forgiving. You know, it, it already gives me all this guidance. Like, I don't need to go, you know, I, I don't need to 
wait and pray. I should pray about it, but I don't need to, you know, wait for this revelation. God's already outlined what to do. And we can always start there. And we should always start with the things God has already outlined for us in scripture. Now, in order to do this, though, this does require a knowledge of the scripture. And you're going to see this theme develop throughout this conversation is that in being able to discern God's will and guidance is so much easier um, and comes more naturally when we devote our whole life to him, when we have a habit of seeking him and knowing him more. You know, so right here in particular, scripture, if we want to follow scripture, we need to know what scripture says. We need to be um, sitting under good preaching. We need to read the Bible for ourselves. We need to have a knowledge of scripture. And um, sometimes that might might involve going to a mentor or someone we trust and asking for their advice, but it also should be something that the knowledge of scripture should be something that we're developing over time. And um, one resource I have in particular that can help you in that area is um, the program Truth for Life with Alistair Begg, and I'll link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash guidance. Um, just such great Bible preaching and teaching um, that if you'll grab the podcast or listen online, um, I think you'll really be helped and over time help you develop your understanding of the scriptures if you feel like that is lacking in your life. So test number one, scripture. If, if, if what you think you should do does not line up with scripture, it's not what you should do. And always go to scripture first. Number two, though, is providential circumstances. Listen to this quote by Hannah. It is never a sign of divine leading when the Christian insists on opening his own way, riding roughly over all opposing things. If the Lord goes before us, he will open the door for us. We will not need to batter down doors for ourselves. I found that so helpful. And I think sometimes we do think that, like, I have to make this happen. But in my experience and in Hannah's experience and in many people's experience, when we're trying to batter down the doors for ourselves and make something happen, that's often our plan and not God's. You know, if God is in it, he will make it happen. And 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 we will have action steps along the way, right? He'll prompt, we will apply for the job or we'll, you know, we'll move forward. But he's the one that's going to make it happen. It's not on us to force the door open. I think that's helpful. So test number one with scriptures. Test number two, providential circumstances. The circumstances will happen. Um, God will make things work out. And by the way, that doesn't mean everything will be easy. Okay, that's not at all what I'm saying. Um, Often the decision is hard. It's a difficult road, but God opens doors or windows along the way. And um, that can help lead us as God opens and shuts doors. All right, test number three is our own conviction or higher judgment. And this took me a little bit to try to figure out exactly what Hannah is saying. But I think what she's saying is she's talking about our own sense of right and wrong. And the idea that as we know and love scripture, once again, going back to, you know, knowing God, loving his word, we train our hearts and minds to know what is right and wrong. So listen to this quote by Hannah. She says, when we study and meditate on God's word, his laws are written on our hearts. Thus, our judgment and common sense will be based on biblical concepts. And so once again, this is, this is, I think the differentiation is you're not necessarily on things where the Bible clearly speaks. Like the God, the Bible does not tell you where you should teach next year, right? Um, 
but our own convictions and higher judgment and our sense of right and wrong and good and evil and you know our discerning um, can really help us in making those decisions. And then finally, the fourth test is the inward impression of the Holy Spirit. So as we seek God and his will, the Holy Spirit will often impress on our hearts a desire to obey or a desire to do a certain thing. And, you know, we can pray about that. We can trust him that, you know, we'll forget that leading if it's not his will um, or that it will become stronger and stronger if it is. But but here's the thing about impressions. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this. I definitely have, you know, experienced impressions like, man, I just really think this. I just really feel like God is impressing this on my heart. We have to be really, impressions are one of the four tests, but it's only one of them. And this is why. Impressions can come from other sources as well as from the Holy Spirit, right? We can have an impression on our heart from the Holy Spirit, but honestly, Satan or a demon can impress a thought on our heart. It can come from our own will and desires. It can come from a movie we watch. Impressions can come from a lot of different ways. And that's why, once again, Hannah says all four of these voices must agree and scripture must be the weightiest of all because we can be deceived by our circumstances Our higher judgment and conviction um, can be off, especially if we're not grounded in the word. And even our inward impressions, we can misunderstand them. We can can think something's coming from the Holy Spirit that's not. So if God is in it, he will work all four of these together, especially on big decisions, um, so that we can be sure and confident as all four voices agree. So I hope that's helpful. You know, we talk a lot more about these tests in um, Teach Uplifted program, like I said, as well as the Teach Uplifted devotions. And I'll link to both of those at teachfortheheart.com slash guidance. All right. So those are the four tests. Next, I want to share with you kind of let's try to make this a little bit practical. My friend, um, my friend Mel um, is a missionary and she and her husband have just really gone a lot further than I have in understanding how to discern God's will um, and different things. And just they're just very in tune to what how God is leading them. And so I asked her for some advice and she shared, a few, I'm going to share three things that she shared with me. So the first is that she says, I try to develop a life that is close to God, not just go to him in problem moments. Now, this isn't meant to be a deterrent. You know, in other words, we shouldn't think, oh, I guess I can't go to God with my questions until I've proven myself. No, 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 no. God accepts anyone who comes to him sincerely, you know, honestly asking, God, I need your help. Please guide me. But what we mean is that the more we pray, the more we think about him, the more we, you know, seek his counsel, the better we can recognize his voice. The Bible says that Christ is the good shepherd and the sheep know his voice. But It certainly makes sense that the sheep that are with him throughout the day, constantly spending time with him, know his voice a lot better than the ones who are just around here and there. Some of, uh, you know, my, my friend was telling me that some of her best times to pray are in the shower, washing dishes, cleaning the house. You know, she uses that time to talk to God about everything as opposed to limiting herself to just her devotional times. And I think that is so helpful. I know myself. I often, you know, want to listen to some whenever I just have time to kill, you know, where I'm doing a, I'm cleaning or doing dishes or cooking. I feel like I need to have something on or be listening to something. But instead, choosing to take that time to pray or to, you know, to meditate on God can be a really wise use of that time. So number one, trying to develop a life that's close to God um, can be really helpful in discerning his voice. 
And number two, she says humility is a key ingredient. So pride can keep us from going to God for help, and it also can hinder us from being open to his responses. But instead, if if we don't know what God is telling or, or we're confused about a, a passage of scripture or we really don't know how to handle a situation with a certain student, if we go to God, God and admit our lack of understanding to him, if we say, God, I feel I feel like a child. I just there's so much I don't know. There's so much I misunderstand. I honestly want to do the right thing by the student, and I don't know what that is. And I need you to show me. I need you to guide me in this way. I want to do what's right. I want to follow your plan. You know, it's not that we're trying to convince God, you know, to to help us or be be simple with us. He knows exactly where we are. But when we're honest with ourselves about how much we need him, it really helps us be open um, to hearing what he has to say to us. And then number three, she says, it's important to already be obedient to what you know he's already showed you. So if God is talking to us about something, if he's been working in your life, we've got to take care of that first. Um, It could be a sin or something he's telling us to do or whatever it is. Um, But if there's things in our lives where we know God has said, you know, or either through scripture or for through the the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we know there's something we should be doing and we're not doing it. Um, Or, you know, and, or there's something that God has said, this should not be part of our life and we are still doing it, you know, either way there. If we're not obedient to what he's already shown us, why would he show us more? And this is something that a a theme that's shown throughout scripture is a theme that like when we, when, if we have not received the light or the guidance that he's already given to us, he doesn't always give us more. He, He often withholds more guidance until we've um, obeyed the things he's already shown us. And so that can be something key. Now, does that mean we're perfect? Does that mean we never mess up? No, 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 no. We all need him every single day. We all fall every single day. Um, so d- this is not a guilt trip. But if, the, like I said, if this is something like a choice of your will. If there's something that you're kind of like you've refused to give him or you're holding back or let's say you just know and, and you're not dealing with it, um, then that's where the problem comes in. It's not that we need to be perfect. None of us are. Um, but if we're choosing not to obey something, I think that's where the problem is. You know, and she gave a, a personal example that I'll share with you. Um, her husband and uh, her husband, Josh, and she were really seeking God. Uh, they knew they were supposed to go to Europe as missionaries. But they were really praying about when they should go. And they had, you know, they had realized that God was telling them that they needed to sell all their stuff. So it was interesting that, you know, they were praying, but, but Lord, when should we go? When should we go? When should we go? And it was finally like they realized, wait a second, like God has already told us to sell our stuff and we haven't sold our stuff yet. Maybe God's not going to tell us when we should leave until we obey what he's already told us. And so they did. They started selling their stuff. And then very soon after, then they did get that leading on when they should go. And I think that's a really good example. And I could give, I think we all, maybe if we think about it, could have examples like that. Um, And I think that's really helpful. So let's see, just to cap up, we said there were four agreements. Scripture must agree, providential circumstances, our conviction, our higher judgment, and the inward impressions of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Then my friend shared three pieces of advice. She said, develop a life that's close to God um, so that you can hear his voice. Humility is key. And you must obey what you already know he's shown you to do. 
All right. To finish up, I want to share with you, and I know this is getting a little longer than normal, but I, this is a, a tough topic, and so I wanted to try to share as much as I could. I'm going to share a, three thoughts from my own experience, and this is purely this is purely my own experience. I am not saying this is like this for everybody, but I just thought it might be helpful to hear what this has looked like in my own life. Uh, maybe it will look similar in yours. Maybe it will look different. Um, so in my experience, I have often seen, sometimes there is an answer, almost like an immediate answer, but sometimes it's a gradual revealing over time as I continue to seek him and surrender to him. In particular, we've had like, we've had three big decisions we've had to make over the past few years. Uh, We had to make a decision involving um, whether or not God wanted us to move to another church. Uh, We had to make a big decision regarding whether or not my husband should um, leave his graphic design job and work with us at Teach for the Heart. And most recently, we are still in the process of making a decision of where our son should go to school. So these are just three decisions that are kind of fresh in my mind. And honestly, with all three There was not this one defining moment that was like, now I know. You know, God said it here. It was a gradual revealing over time. As we continued to seek him and continued to surrender to him, it wasn't necessarily this one aha moment. It was just a gradually, we gradually became more and more sure. And honestly, it was through all four of those signs. You know, God would bring scripture to mind um, that kind of, it went, there were, none, of, none of these had like a clear point of scripture, but scripture kept agreeing with the decision, with the direction we felt he was leading us. Um, the circumstances fell into place. Um, you know, God opened the doors and closed the doors. Um, our own it, our own convictions and higher judgment became more and more convinced of what we should do. You know, it, it, our own, you know, our our beliefs in what was right and what would be best and what was most in line with scripture um, started to more and more align with the direction that we thought God was having and our inward impressions would line up too. And a lot of this too was in in community with those around you. And I, and I hope and pray that you are in community in a church in your area. And if you're not, you've got to get involved in a church because that those relationships in that community was key in every decision, being able to talk about it with people and hearing their advice and hearing God's speak through others and having others confirm to us what God was speaking in us. And it's it's not that we went to others and said, what should we do? And they told us, but just as we had these conversations, you know, the advice they would give or the, the themes of scripture that they would draw out would be in line with what God was showing us individually. And, and it would be confirming the decision to us. So I guess that's, that's just my encouragement here is that don't expect, you know, hey, I'm going to go pray for an hour and I'm going to come out from the hour with an answer. That could happen, but it also is likely that it will be a gradual over time. Over both of these have been over months, um, you know, a gradual revealing for big decisions, um, and sometimes for small decisions too. Um, or sometimes, you know, you pray about a question or an issue for a while, and God slowly reveals to you the way you should be thinking about it. Um, so that's one thought. Uh, another just personal experience is I have heard God speak to me through bringing scripture to mind. So sometimes um, God will answer a question that I have or he will nudge me in a direction by bringing scripture to my mind. So I'll be praying about a question, whether it's a decision or maybe just a question about scripture or a question about an everyday decision. And I will, my mind will be filled with scripture. And it's interesting because 
I'm careful about this. I'm careful. Like God, scripture can, you can take a scripture verse out of context and make it say anything. So I'm, I'm very careful um, not to put too much stock and just like, oh, you know, this one scripture popped in my head. That must mean this, you know, and like, you know, extrapolating that and taking it out of context. You have to be very careful about that. But I'm just sharing my own personal experience. I've experienced where I've had a question and God will bring scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, like five, 10 scriptures to my mind that all discuss the same topic or bring up the same theme or point in the same direction. And that has been really helpful for me. And I will note though, once again, that this is only possible because I have a lot of scripture memorized. Um, I just, I just do. I've learned a lot as a kid, and I've continued to work on scripture memory as an adult. I'll memorize passages, chapters at a time, and this has been really helpful in times like this where God, there's all this scripture in my mind that God can just bring back to my memory. And so um, I have found scripture memory to be very helpful, actually, um, so that God can bring those back in times when I need them. And then on one final thought um, that I've experienced personally, and that is, this is kind of speaking in particular to the ladies out there um, that are married. So as a wife, there have been many big decisions, in particular some of the ones I just mentioned to you, where I, I felt as I prayed, the inner impressions and the conviction that I was given was that I needed to defer to my husband in that decision. And to wait on God to work in my husband's life and show him what to do. So with all three, honestly, this happened in all three of these major decisions. In the one about the church, I was pretty sure I knew how God was leading me us long before my husband was sure. And I just felt it wasn't my job to convince him. It, I needed to wait on God to show him. And if it was if if it was of God and I was indeed, you know, if I was right in what I thought, how I thought God was leading us, God would convince my, my husband as well. And he did. Um, in the decision to quit his job, this one was a little bit different. I I knew kind of what I wanted. I wanted him to. Um, but as I prayed about it, I really felt God was saying, you know, this is his decision. I'm going to speak with him about it. And I'm going to show him what we should do. And honestly, I was okay either way. I and I I wanted him to, um, but God really just gave me a piece that he was going to show Tim what to do. And in this school decision, um, we still don't have a final decision on this, but as we've been praying about where my son should go to school, um, it's interesting because you, you, I'm here at Teach for the Heart. I obviously have a lot to think, a lot to say about schools and teaching. But despite that, once again, I really felt God saying, um, I should really not consider myself the expert and, you know, run off on my own, you know, all the things I care about, but really to let Tim lead the process. And I'm not saying that this is true across the board or in every decision or let, you know, wives aren't involved in decisions. That's not what I'm saying. But I think sometimes in our culture and in our day and age, we have lost that concept of headship um, and the leadership that God has given to our husbands. And I just think that like I said, God, we I was involved in all these decisions and God was working in me and God was revealing to me. He really revealed to us both. But I think that is a key, that concept of the leadership of the husband can be really helpful to us wives in realizing that if God wants something, especially big decisions involving our family, you know, jobs, you know, moves, you know, these bigger decisions, um, we should never discount what our husband thinks. You know, if what we think God is, 
have wants us to do is in opposition to what our husband thinks, that's a red flag. Um, either we are misunderstanding what God wants us to do or God needs to change our husband's heart and he totally can do that. And so I would encourage you to pray for pray towards that end, you know, pray that God would show both of you and that God would get your hearts in alignment, especially if your husband's a believer. Um, but I, I just think that's important. I think that is actually an important confirmation of God in big decisions is that both of you will agree and um, he will show it to both of you. So Anyhow, those are just my experiences, but I do hope that they will be helpful for you as you consider this. All right, we could talk more and more. Um, If you do want to explore these concepts more and these concepts of trusting God, of going to Him for guidance, of surrendering to Him, we would love to have you join us in Teach Uplifted. We do talk about that a lot more there Um, and also in our Teach Uplifted devotions if you just want to do the devotions on your own. I'll link to both of those in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash guidance. And let's take a moment and let's pray about this. Father, thank you so much that you want to guide our lives, that your plan is always best. And I just pray that you will help each teacher right now, whether they're facing a big decision or whether they're just, they just need you in the everyday decisions as we all do. I pray that you will help them to seek you. I pray you help them to surrender. And I pray that you will make your, make your will and your plan plain to them, uh, help them to discern your voice amidst all the noise of our lives and just speak to them and show them and help them to follow um, what you reveal to them. We thank you so much for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys again so much. It's really it's really great talking with you. And this is a this is a tough question. I would love to hear your thoughts about it. And it would be amazing if you would share your own experiences. And one thing that I think is really helpful in talking about guidance is to hear how God has led other people. Because that's why I shared some of my own experience. And I think as we do hear other people's stories, it can help us recognize God's voice. Like, oh, wait, something similar happened to me. Like maybe that maybe that was how God was guiding. And, and so if you do have a, a story or an experience to share, I would love for you to head over to teachfortheheart.com slash guidance, where we have the notes and the links from the show. And leave a comment there sharing your story, sharing a little bit about your experience um, so that we can grow and benefit together. And that's also what we do that also in more in depth in Teach Uplifted if you'd like to join us there. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.